Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Lord, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We pray that your goodness would pass before our eyes. Lord, I thank you that you are here today. I pray you'd help us to be aware of your presence. I pray that you'd be here saving people, healing sicknesses. I thank you that you heal every sickness. Pray you'd be here to deliver people from demons. We ask for all your gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge. We pray for the oil of gladness. I pray you'd fill us with the wine of your spirit. And let us have fun in Jesus' name. Um, super stoked to be here. Uh, we moved here uh, to Oceanside last August from Florida, and Grace Vineyard is so full of love. You guys are amazing. Like if I think there's a verse, the banner over me is love. That would be the banner over Grace. You guys just like spending time with each other. You do church a lot. My, my daughter, she like tries to come to everyone. She comes Sunday morning, early and late, Sunday evening. When we do the prayer meetings on Monday night, she comes to that. She comes to Young Adult Tuesdays, uh, Youth Group Wednesdays. She comes to Matt's thing Thursdays. She goes to Jesus Party on the Beach Fridays. I don't know what's going on uh, Saturdays, so you guys got to get your act together on that day. And so... Um, yeah, you guys love each other, and you want to spend around, uh, time around each other. Um, Ron has been a super encouraging friend to me. Um, you know, I was thinking of him, the, the, the verse in 1 Corinthians about love. Like, that describes Jesus, and it describes Ron. Like, Ron is patient, right? Ron is kind. And this is the thing for me, too. It says that uh, love believes all things. Isn't that, that's aspect of love, to believe in people even before they believe in themselves. And that's, that's totally true of Ron. Um, I, I heard uh, this story of a pastor. He got hired like, by a new church, and they didn't know him. And he dressed up as a homeless person and like, sat out front. And I guess like, no one said anything to him. I mean, like, he came up in like, homeless people clothes, and he, started, like, he like, rebuked them. Anyways, that would not happen here. Like, like you guys will love on him like a, a thousand times. And, you know, I think um, Grace Vineyard's a real good candidate for revival because of that love. Um, I heard a story from this guy, Bob Jones. He said he, he died and went to heaven. And Jesus was asking the same question from everyone. He's, he was asking this, did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? Did you learn to love? Isn't that powerful? I think that's a, that's a powerful uh, uh, story. And uh, I think a lot of you, you love so much because you've been forgiven of much, right? Those who have been forgiven of much, like you just love each other. And that, that's really, really cool. Um, anyways, where's my wife? She's over there. We're about, <laughs> she said, don't talk to me about me. She's a PR 31. I'm in trouble right now. You know, a PR 31, that's a Proverbs 31 woman. We have each other's back. We're, and um, true story, um, we were going for a walk, and you know like the fight and flight response? Yeah? So we're going for a walk, and a dog comes charging us. So I, I, the fight and flight took over. I, you can see my wife. She's, she's pretty small. I, I picked her up, 
put her in between me and the dog and hid behind her. True, true story. So I, I, I totally have my wife's back, and she, and she has mine. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so if you guys, the intercessors, be praying for me. I really believe God can do something special this morning. So I, I said we moved here from uh, Florida in last August. Originally from the central coast of California, we lived in Florida for 15 years. We were school teachers. We were remodeling our house. We thought we'd be there maybe forever. And um, after work, I was, I was coming home, and I went through a real dry season. And the Lord began to meet me in prayer at night times in a real powerful way. And part of it was uh, praying for California. I remember sometimes just laying on, on the ground and I didn't know I was crying. I just feel my face, and there's tears all over my face, praying for California. And I was so moved by that. I'm like, if, if this presence of the Lord continues, I'll go anywhere. And so we, we moved out here to Oceanside, sight unseen. Um, I had stayed behind re- getting the house like fixed up. My wife didn't even see the full remodel of the house. And so we really, really believe that revival is coming to California and that it's already started for many people. Hey, did you know that revival has been going on for the last 2,000 years? Like, we can always have personal revival. Jesus said, repent, do a 180, change your way of thinking. The kingdom of God is right at your fingertips, right? Like, like change your way. So we can experience, pers- you can have the biggest revival you've ever had in your life today. But what we're hoping for is that it touches lots of people. Lots of people get saved and just people fall madly in love with Jesus. But we can have it today. That's a good word, huh? Um, anyways, um, I want to talk about the goodness of God. Um, Moses said, God, God said to Moses, he said, I'm going to send you to the promised land. You're going to have a lot of good things, but I'm not going to go with you. Moses said, no, I won't go unless you go. What will make us different than any other people? I pray that you will show me your goodness. And the Lord said, okay, I'll let Oh, he said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, okay, I'll let my goodness pass before your eyes. And I believe that, that part of the, the revival in California is going to be about the goodness and the beauty of God. One thing I asked of the Lord, David said, is number one prayer. This is my number one prayer. One thing I ask, that I would behold the beauty of the Lord every single day of my life. Um, if we could look at the first scripture, James 1, 16. Uh, James 1.16, it says, do not be deceived. What's he, what's he talking about? Do not be deceived. Like, like uh, some people believe birds aren't w- real. That's like a weird like, deception people have. I don't think it's talking about that. There's all kinds of stuff. Do not be deceived. The first thing he's talking about is you are beloved brothers and sisters. Do not be deceived. You are loved. The first time that word beloved is used, it's in Matthew chapter 3, I believe. When Jesus gets baptized, the heavens open, and the Father shouts from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Do not be deceived. Today the heavens are open, and the Father is shouting from heaven. That same word, he shouted over his Son, you are loved, and I'm pleased with you. That's a good word, amen? Yeah, let's get um, the next verse. So it says, do not be deceived. The first thing is, there's like, there's this thing that wants to deceive you. That wants to cover your eyes. 
The first thing is that you're loved. And here's the next thing. Every good thing and perfect gift is from heaven. Coming down from the Father of lights, he never changes. He's like the sun that rises every day, and there's no shadow in him. So the second thing he's saying, do not be deceived, is that every single day of your life, every single day, every single day, there are good and perfect gifts. Isn't that amazing? I think of it like, um, like Easter eggs in movies, you know, like the super nerds, like people that make like a Star Wars movie, they make Easter eggs, hidden things for like the super fans, and they're like, oh, that's a, a vehicle from whatever Star Wars, and hi- hiding these little things. You guys know about that, Easter eggs and hidden and stuff? Anyways, every single day, there are Easter eggs of God's goodness hidden in your life. Good and perfect gifts. Do not be deceived. Do not, every single day, your father is giving good and perfect gifts. And every single good and perfect gift is from him. Every last one. Um, There's a quote about Narnia. It said, um, in Narnia, it said that it was always winter, but never Christmas. In the kingdom of God, it is Christmas every single day. It's the opposite. Do not be deceived. Every single day, there are gifts from the Father of heaven. I like to call it, hey, you guys remember the uh, Pillsbury Doughboy? You know that commercial? And they touch his butt, stomach, you go, whoo Who remembers that? Help me out. Yeah. Hey, I think that there is a Pillsbury Doughboy anointing. I do. I pray for it for myself right now and for you guys. I'm, I'm just having fun. Hey, do you believe God's good and fun? Hey, I th- hey, did you know in Hebrews it says that Jesus was happier than all of his friends? It says that upon Jesus, Hebrews chapter 1, he was anointed with the oil of gladness above his companions. He was the happiest of all his friends. That's a good word. Um, anyways, there's a Pillsbury Doughboy anointing, and I think this is how it happens, all right? When we're, when we're searching, we're going on this Easter egg hunt for the gifts, and we get excited about the littlest things in the biggest ways. I think it entertains heaven. All right? So I'm going, driving to Walmart, and I find a parking spot. I'm like, God is real! It's like the, and, and the, the father's like, Gabriel, check this out. Let's, let's, let's do another one. Me and my wife have been traveling a lot this summer through, through California. When you're traveling and you f- uh, find a clean bathroom, it's like a worship service. I'm like, Jesus loves me. This is from God. Like God sent someone here in preparation. And I think it's like, the, like it, I think it really pleases heaven when we're full of gratefulness and we're thankful when we're finding these little treasures in our lives. It could, it could be anything. I mean, it could be nature, the moon. See, just, you see a little bunny? You're like, God sent that here for me. And it's just like every day can be Christmas. All right. Let's, let's look at um, this next. This is kind of the same, same kind of deal. It says, The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, some, I like, I'm glad that it says some, uh, not most, will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. And there's going to be like teachings of demons. You're like, oh, dude, like what's this going to be? This is going to be some real, real gnarly, dark stuff. Uh, let, let's see what it is, these teachings of demons. They, number one, they forbid people to marry, and they say, uh, hey, don't, don't eat certain types of foods. And said that everything that God created, which God created, excuse me, 
Uh, they order people not to, excuse me, they forbid people not to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving, the Pillsbury Doughboy thing, by those who believe and know the truth. Um, you know, there's a, there's a deception that, that is addressed here that's been in the early church all the way throughout church history and here's today. It's this, that we are only spiritual beings and all our answers are found in spiritual things. Now is the deception there. And, and it, it, it said that the world is bad. And you've got to totally not engage into it to know God. He said, don't be deceived. I, I think it's interesting that um, it talks about marriage, the first thing. And you could put like um, a, a list of whole different things here. It talks about marriage and food. Um, what's the first not good in the Bible. When God created the earth, even before the fall, he created the mountains, it is good. The stars, it is good. The bunnies, it is good. The flowers, good, good, good. Thing after good, thing after thing. And there's Adam there in paradise without any sin. All right, you're like, just me and Jesus and we're good, right? And that's what it was. And, and, and God looked on the situation. And he said the first, very good, even before sin. It is not good for what? Someone help me out. Yeah, loneliness. You're like, I can do this, just me and Jesus. That's not biblical. It is not good for man to be alone and separated from other people. Do not be deceived. Um, you know, not everyone is, like, called to, like, have a family or can even have kids. So don't, don't like, feel bad about that. But every single person is called to be in a spiritual family. It is not good for man to be alone. And every single one of you guys is called to be spiritual mothers and fathers, to have spiritual babies, or in other words, to disciple people. Every single one of us is called to do that. Um, before I came here to um, California, I was in worship in Florida, and I was like, Lord, apart from you, I can do nothing. I was in worship, and he answered back, and he said, and my people. I was like, well, apart from him, I can do nothing. And apart from God's people, I can do nothing. We're totally dependent on each other. Um, you guys ever heard of Martin Luther, like the re reformer? And uh, he, he loved the Bible. And he started reading the Bible. He was a monk. And he's like, hey, wait a minute. Like, there's all these extra rules that aren't found in the Bible. And he's like, I'm going to do what the Bible says. And he got a lot of joy in his life. And the one thing was he just discovered that marriage is a blessing. And at that time that you were taught, if you want to be hardcore for God, you have to be a, a monk or a nun, and you're not allowed to get married. And he started like, let's just go back to the scriptures. And he started to preach to the nuns and monks, it is God's will for you to be married. And he actually went with some friends, and there's 12 nuns. They're like getting his teaching. And they're like, dude, that, that's, I like that word. And he helped them escape from a convent, like, like a little monastery for nuns. Like they went and helped them escape out of it. And he started um, doing matchmaking one by one, like marrying the, the monks to the nuns. Is that cool? Lord, what, whatever it is in our day, like set us free. Like that's a good word. And he started like one, I mean, can you believe it? Just, just think about it. There was, there was a nun. She's like, I love you, Jesus with everything in me. And someone's like, cool, I see that in your life. And part of that is you'll never be able to get married. And she's like, okay, I sign up for that. 
And then someone opens the word, and it says it's not good for men to be alone. Can you imagine the shackles that came off of those people? Isn't that wonderful what the word of God does? And so he started linking, linking these, these nuns and monks, and they're getting married. And there's one, and she did not like the match he was trying to make. She's like, no, but I like you, to Martin Luther. And he, he wrote somewhere, he's like, I kind of felt bad for her, so I married her. And but they, as far as I understand, like they had a really good marriage. I think they had six kids, and then they adopted four more kids. And a lot of his, this has just really touched me. A lot of his famous writings, there's like little kids crawling underneath his desk as he is writing it. It's not good for man to be alone. That just so touches me. And uh, Lord, I just pray for people in here for loneliness, and I pray for like the prodigals out there. Like, they're disillusioned. They're mad at the church and stuff. And we pray you'd call them back in in the name of Jesus. And we pray for a wonderful spiritual family to grow. And I thank you for the love in this place. Not good for man to be alone. Um, The other thing it mentioned, it said, so, like, there's going to be these teachings of demons that will say, like, if you want to go, like, fully for God, you can't get married. And it will tell you not to eat certain types of foods. So we are... We are a spiritual being. We also have a soul, like emotions and thoughts. And we also have a physical body, right? And in Thessalonians, it says, uh, may the God of peace make holy your whole spirit, soul, and body. And there's, there's, there's multiple layers to us. So anyways, the reason why I say that is the food is like our physical needs. Do not be deceived. You have physical needs. And it, it mentions food here. I like food. Anyone else? Anyone else like, like food? Food in here? You know what I think? This is, I don't, this is my thought. I was talking about revival in California. I think it's going to be the goodness and beauty of God, just like in love with Jesus, pouring over, talking about it. Another thing I think is coming is a revival of family and feasting. Revival. Of, you know, one of the most hardcore things you can do for Jesus in California is raise a family. It truly is. And um, I think family and feasting. I see multi-day feasts. Like in the Old Testament. You know, when they gather together, like even the day of Pentecost, they are gathered together to party for multiple days. And uh, food is awesome. So we just pray for multiple day Jesus parties in California that you would teach us how to party. Lord, teach us how to party. Teach us how to feast. And uh, yeah. Now, can you imagine that? Like, like like Woodstock, but way better. You know what I mean? Just like bands coming in and partying. Like, the old, like God commanded. He commanded the people in the Old Testament, like, like drop everything and party for multiple days and worship me and feast together and see family members. That's, that's pretty awesome. Lord, do it, do it in here. You know, um, I see healing taking places over just eating meals with people. Like we, we, we ask people, which is awesome, like, would you like to invite Jesus into your life? as your Savior and Lord. That's, that's a really awesome thing to ask. I think we should add to it, and I invite you into my life. I invite you into my spiritual family. And I see great healing taking place over meals, spending time with people. We're not just spiritual beings. We have emotional needs, and we have physical needs. And I think that um, California, especially this area, Southern California, has a real Psalms 23 calling over it. In Psalms 23, it talks about souls being restored in nature. It says about Jesus uh, that he's our shepherd. 
and he leads us, he makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us by quiet waters and our, soul, our souls are restored. Isn't that wonderful? Our souls can be restored in nature. And you guys have a place in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And people could come in and you just go on a walk with them. Go, go on a hike in the mountains. Go to the beach. Go, go, go uh, have a meal with them. And literally, like, their, their souls can be healed. I do believe that. Amen. Um, all right. Can we go back? Can I put up the other verse up there? The last one, the end of that? Uh, yeah. And it says, so it is to be uh, received with thanksgiving And it's made a consecrated or holy experience by the word of God and prayer. So there is a deception. Like God is giving gifts every single day and people are deceived. They don't see it. And they're like, oh, dude, that's not God's will for me. And people are deceived. And that gift is meant to open up and just fill your heart with thankfulness every single day and become a holy moment. You guys like praying for your food? I like praying for my food, too. I like, I like, uh, I pray for when I, when I, sometimes when I'm pumping gas. What a blessing. I think about the guys, like, working on the oil fields, and, like, everything could be consecrated by God through the word of God and prayer. It could all become a holy experience. Uh, let's go to the next verse, Psalms 100. The way to, um, did you know that, that the way to enter into God's presence is thanksgiving? Isn't that amazing? You can do that anytime. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your hearts and as courts with praise, you're like, well, I feel disconnected from God. How do I, how do I turn back to the Lord? How do, I, how do I have awareness of his presence? Through thanksgiving, to, through focusing on what he's doing rather than what the other dude's doing. You guys tracking with me? That's how you enter back in. Lord, you're doing this, even if it's a small thing. Like right now, I don't have an ice maker in my house. So getting ice is a treat. Like, I'm, like, literally, like, people are going to think I'm weird, but I'm going to have to hold back these tears. I'm filling my little water bottle. I'm going to have ice for a couple of days. They're like, God, Jesus loves me. It's like, woo-hoo-hoo, Pillsbury Doughboy. They're like, Gabriel's like, check this thing out. That's how we enter in God's presence. And that's also, if we could do the next, next verse, that's how we stay in God's presence. Look at this. It says that we can pray without ceasing. Isn't that amazing? Like, that shouldn't be a heavy thing on your, on your shoulders. Like, oh, dude, I am not praying 100% of the day. Like, God doesn't like me. That should be like a promise. That's not like we're, like, constantly talking. But that's living in the awareness of God's presence constantly. Isn't that amazing? And it's sandwiched by two things, all right? So the way to pray without ceasing or to constantly live in the awareness of God's presence is to rejoice always. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for your life. It doesn't say for everything, but in everything, give thanks. I was really moved um, this last week. We were traveling, and um, I, I wanted to check into the message that, that um, Bethel was preaching. And Bill Johnson, the pastor there, his wife just died. And I was shocked. Three days later, Bill Johnson is preaching. Isn't that wild? After his wife died. And he had this revelation. I'll pro- I hope I get it right. But basically he said, we have one time on, on, in all eternity to worship God in the midst of suffering. 
one time, because forever and ever and ever, it's going to be in the midst of perfection. We're never going to be tired or weak or sick. There's just this little, little bit of time. And he said that we have these different trials put in our life. And he, and he, he had this revelation. He had this trial put in his wife, life that his wife died. And it's just a little window. He'll have another one, and he's had other ones. He said, I have one time to step in. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to remain in his presence. In everything, give thanks. Just, just move my heart. I've had gnarly stuff happen. I'm sure you guys had crazy stuff happen just this week. I've had stuff this week that was a temptation. I'm thinking about this. I'm like, am I going to take the bait? And am I going to take the bait? And look, look and think about this. Or am I going to, how's the verse go? Someone help me out. It's not in my notes. Whatever is true, whatever is lovely. Think on these. Please say it louder, one person. I got I to gotta munch on it. Think on those things, right? Think on those things. Am I going to take it? Or am I going to uh, remain in his presence? So, yeah, that, that, that touched me. Um, and one way to, re- to recognize when these hard things come to remain in his presence, we're not just spiritual beings like that deception was. Like we have a soul. We have emotions we need to take care of in our thought life, but also we have physical needs. And I remember when my gram- grandpa died, and it was his funeral, and that was a bummer. I loved him. I lived with him for a while. But that same exact day, I went to Malibu, and I got the best wave of my life. Like, that was a physical need. And for me, that was my Father in Heaven giving me a perfect gift on the day I really needed it. So I just want to encourage us, you know, every, every single day, there's little things. Sometimes there's big things. And to take care of um, our, our physical body, our emotional body, and also our spiritual life. Lord, I thank you. There's people in here right now. I just pray that you administer to, to those needs right now. And your goodness would pass before their eyes. It's good. Um, all right. So what makes us eligible to receive these good and perfect gifts every day? First thing is, number one, God's just good. And he has unlimited resources, and he's very generous, all right? He, I mean, does, he gives the rain on just the good people, right? Like when it rains, like it like misses like the people that have been bad, right? Is that what the Bible says? Someone help me out. What's it say? Yeah. So like when like he, he sends the sun, right, and rises and like, like there's like a shadow like blocking like anyone. No, like he just, he's just good, and he's generous, and he has unlimited resources. And the second thing is, all right, some of you guys are about to get saved again. You guys ready? I'm about to preach the gospel to myself. Uh, here it is. I need, I need a volunteer. Where's Dakota at? Hey, Dakota's going to come up, and he's going to be Jesus. And that's Dakota, my granddaughter. Here, hand, hand Sunny Ray over to, to Chloe. And I need a sinner. Do I have any sinners around here? Yeah, any sinners around here? <laughs> You're pointing out, is that your wife or girlfriend? Or He's here. What? Come on, help me out. I need a sinner to, to help me out. All right. Oh, yeah, you have to come. You have to come. You have to come. All right. All right, you guys, guys, come over here, Jesus, and my sinner. All right. All right, face Jesus, face, face. Hey, sure. 
Wait, we'll wait for the sinner. All right. There's Jesus. Can you see that way back there in the, in the back row? It says righteousness. Right? Thank, you can see it? Good. Righteousness. Another word for righteousness is perfect obedience. That's like always obeying God's law all the time. So righteousness. Oh, thank you, sinner. What's your what, I think I, what's your name? Ramon. Ramon. Oh, yeah. So here's, here's Jesus. And here's all of you guys right here, right? Sinners. And it said, so Jesus here, he left heaven and came to earth. And every single one of God's laws, he always obeyed. Every, it's from a youth, all those days, he had temptation. He never sinned. The only person that ever sinned, he had perfect obedience, or you could say he was righteous, all right? And if you act like Jesus, you're going to get blessed, you're going to be rewarded for that obedience. So Jesus, he just fully obeyed God's law all the time. And then we have the other guy right here who sinned. We all sin from varying degrees, but you broke God's law. So you're going to be cursed and you're going to die and be separated from God forever. All right? Because the, the wages of sin is death and eternal separation from God. So you get, your sin you get paid for, you die you're separated from God. You're righteous or perfectly obedient. You have full access to God, and you're blessed by him at all times. But it said, he, Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf. Yeah, the wages of sin is, help me out. So he died upon the cross. And not only that, he had a lot of other stuff happen. And so all the sins ever committed Right? Every time someone stole or raped or lied or betrayed their brother, the little things, the wrath of God fell upon his son on the cross, and he fully paid for it. Isn't that? He who never sinned, the spotless Lamb of God, became sin on our behalf. So you were cursed for our sin. You were punished for our sin. You died on the cross for our sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So you gave him your sin, but he gave you his perfect obedience. Yeah. Amen. Like yeah. It says, help me out. Though your skins, your sins are red like, they shall become. The Father in heaven says, I write this contract with you, signed in the blood and my son, your sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. As far as the east is from the west, so far I've removed your sins from you. This is the contract and this is the gospel that the Father signed in the blood of his son. So he sees us. He who, know, made, he who never sinned became sin and took our punishment so that we might be blessed. The heavens are open to you guys. The blessing of your, the Father is on you all the days of your life. Because he's good, and because you have been given the gift of Jesus' righteousness. Thank you, guys. You guys can go back. So um, I remember when I first started learning this gospel, um, I'm like, it's everywhere in the Bible. Like, it's a major theme, the gift of righteousness. And I remember a friend told me, I'm like, he's like, I was a, a brand new Christian. And this is, this is what happened. I just got saved. I'm like, I'm on the path of righteousness. Like, just loving God and just enjoying God. 
And then I started getting into legalism, and I made a whole list of stuff I had to do to please God. I got to pray this much, read my Bible this much, I got to witness every day, I got to do this and this and this. And when I did it, I'm like, God's going to bless me. And when I didn't do it, I'm like, I'm cursed by God today. All right? And so a friend was like, I'm like, how do you like, like get God's blessing? He's like, this is how you do it. Hanging out with some friends. We had a meal. It was good. But when the ice cream came out, I didn't eat the ice cream. And so I was more anointed than everyone else. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. And that's nothing against fasting. That's a whole different topic. That was him like thinking he's better than everyone else because he didn't eat dessert. All right? I'm like, cool. That's how you do it. And the more I did it, the more I, I lost love for God and other people. Yeah. And I learned this message. We were living in Mexico, and I, and I understood the gift of righteousness. And I remember I was in my kitchen scooping ice cream. And the presence of the Lord fell on me so strong I had to grab the counter not to fall over. Because it's not what I've done, it's what he's done. That's a good word, huh? Yeah. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be white as snow. The heavens are open to you guys. It's just time to our, spend our inheritance. All right, let's do the, do the next verse. All right. This is a promise. Some people say, like, um, America's like the Laodicean church. I don't know if you ever heard that, but, like, they were really rich, and they thought they had everything together. I don't know if that's true or not, but I take this promise for myself, whether that's true or not. So this is a promise given in the book of Revelations to Laodicean church. The one who are lukewarm, and they like, I, I, I'm rich, and I have everything. Here's the promise. I stand at the door and knock. This is from Jesus. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. I believe that this is like, a, like literal, like experiencing God while we're having a meal as if it was a worship service. Like the, how to overcome in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a place of great abundance and prosperity is just to enjoy God with those things. And um, I, I, when, when I started understanding this, I was doing things I thought that I didn't know what heaven thought about it, but like, for instance, I was just like scrolling through Facebook, sitting there, and, um, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I just feel the presence of God. Behold, behold I stand at the door and knock. I just want to come in and, and eat with you, Phelps. I'm like, this is the strangest thing. I just feel the Lord drawing near to me. Or the other night, I was just listening to music and just, and just enjoying music, and I just feel the Lord like, I want to do this with you. And eating meals. Like, I, I totally believe in, like, if you feel like you want to pray before a meal, but we can, like, pray without ceasing during the meal and just uh, enjoy the Lord. So that's, that's a really good promise. Let's go to the next verse. Hi. Sometimes we need to preach to ourselves, and here's a good little message you can say to yourself. Surely, 100%, absolutely, definitely, goodness and love will follow me. I looked up that word love. It can be translated run, run after. I think that's where the, they get that lyric for that song, your, your goodness is running after me. Or most of the times when the word's translated, it's pursue, like pursuing someone in battle, like the enemy flees and you go after them. Surely goodness and love will run after me, will pursue me. I can't get away with it all the days of my life and I'll dwell 
in the house of the Lord forever. That's something good to speak over you. Hey, it says some of the days, right? No. Surely goodness and mercy will run after me all the days of my life. Do not be deceived. You're loved by God. Every single day there's good and perfect gifts coming down from the Father of lights who never changes. All righty. Um, we got, hey, we did this one. Let's see the next verse. I like this one. Jesus was the happiest of all his friends. This talking about Jesus. He was anointed with the oil of gladness above his companions, his friends, I guess his disciples, which is strange because in another place it said Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with much grief, right? He probably suffered more than any person had ever lived, yet he was the most joyful of any person that ever lived. There's a thing called the oil of gladness. That's a good thing. We ask for it, Lord. I pray that you would totally change our our, our, the rewiring of our mind of what a Christian is. I pray you would make us, ha- help us to have the biggest parties in the most joyful place on planet earth. I pray that you would set us free from religious rules. We don't see them, but the same things that were on Martin Luther's day, the, the joy of life was being robbed from them. I pray that you would pour out your oil of gladness on us. All right, let's do the next next verse. This is this is what I feel for, like, for us today. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, is anointed me to proclaim good news. Hey, who knows the gospel is good news? Why are people so angry when they're talking about it? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> like, you're like, you're, that, you're saying the good news sure doesn't look like it. It looks like you're weaned on a pickle, you know? And so, yeah, so we don't want that weaned on a pickle thing, um, but... Good news, Real, yeah, to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Let's continue. What a precious thing. I skipped a bunch of good stuff, so if you want to go back. Oh, just read this over yourself. Lord, we pray for this for ourselves. We pray for the crown of beauty instead of ashes. Pray for that, the crown of beauty. And here it is. This is what I'm praying even right now. I'm just going to take a little second with this. I pray for the anointing of the oil of joy. It's a thing. It's on Jesus' life above all his friends. And I pray for that for us. That the anointing of the oil joy, not manufactured, not you're whipping it up, but out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. And I pray for the revelation of God's goodness to completely rock your life right now. I pray that your glory would pass before our eyes. And there's brokenhearted in here. You heal the brokenhearted and you bind up our wounds. And we just pray for the oil of joy, to be honest, instead of mourning. Pray for the garment of praise instead of despair. Let's do one last verse. Um, this is a, hey, by the way, I, did you know that Paul would preach in the middle of his messages? If you read through the letters, he just couldn't hold, excuse me, he would, did I say preach? Paul, Paul would pray as he is teaching. If, if you go through any of the epistles, just in the middle, he's bursting and starts uh, praying. Did you know that? He's, and could, you, can, you can recognize a lot of prayers that says amen afterwards. Jesus did it himself. He's just like talking, and he just exploded. He's like, I praise you, Father in heaven, who's hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to br- babes. Isn't that very cool? Has anyone heard of A.W. Tozier? I'm like getting off on my little tangent. I, a friend was talking about picking him up um, from the airport. He's an old revivalist, and he, he would just like just break into prayer. Just abided, like, was with God. Anyways, that's, that's, that's so wonderful. Anyways, here's a, here's a prayer. 
I, this is one of my favorite prayers. So you, could, you can pray this for people. I do it all the time. Pray for us. May the God of hope. What a, what a wonderful name for our God. May the God of hope. Hope is an expectation of good things to come. Hope is a, is a, a belief, an expectation. Like, it's, it's, it's the opposite of like, some of you, I felt this. You're like, a lot of good things have been happening to me. Therefore, some bad things are probably going to come. That's not the hope. We all have bad things. We all have good things. But every single day of our life, probably going to have a little both. But may the God of hope fill you. I see Jason laughing. I love you, brother. I saw Jason dancing in the streets. Yeah, dude. We love you. May the God of hope fill you, Jason. Look at this. Fill with all joy. Who would like some all joy right now? All joy. All joy. It says, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing into Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Who wants everlasting joy to be upon your head? Yeah, watch out. Hey, there's Jamie. Love you, brother. Hey, is Brian still here? Is Brian here? Is Brian? Brian was here. He's a missionary with Heidi Baker. Love that guy. Hope, hope you get to see him. Um, I'm, Lord, I'm just, uh, right now, we're gonna about to, to do some ministry. I'm just kind of chilling right now and for a second, all right? We pray for hope. Pray for an expectation of good things to come. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Who would like some all joy and all peace? Wouldn't that be cool to roll like that? All joy and peace. Here we go. So that you would overflow in hope. So that you would overflow in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, friends. This is our inheritance. We just need to to spend it. That we would be overflowing in hope. Surely goodness and mercy will run after me all the days of my life. We're going to um, we're gonna have prayer, pray for you guys. Um, in a minute, you can come up here and get prayer. Grab a friend and get prayer. Um, not only did Jesus die to save you from your sins, by his stripes you are healed. He died to, to heal you from your sicknesses. So I'd encourage you, if there's any type of sickness, small or huge, please get prayer today. If you have been disturbed by like a thought that bad things are coming, I would say that's deception. And that is like the teaching of, of demons that we read about. And I would encourage you to get prayer. And if you need some oil of joy in your life, if you need anything, if you need to get saved, uh, we, ha- we had Jesus and a sinner come up here. If you want to come meet the Lord, come here. If you need a fresh filling of the fire of God, please come if you need anything. So uh, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.com. 
www.gracevineyard.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.